Okay, so the last thing we, we, we left off was really talking about the concept of, uh, of really understanding, um, redefining concepts in Judaism, and really kind of dwelling in. And, and, and the, the idea, I think, really generates from the fact that um, we're, you know, sometimes we call God our, our Father in Heaven, sometimes we call Him our King, sometimes we call Him, you know, uh, 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 the Master of War, all these different tag names, and we don't really know what we mean, we don't really know what we're talking about, and very quickly we kind of lose this um, this concept where, you know, I, I don't really understand, you know, someone tells me that God is somewhere out there, I remember we spoke about the fact that, you know, uh, the atheists say God doesn't exist in the world, and, and, and they're right, God doesn't exist in the world, the world exists in God, but, you know, when we're told that God is somewhere out there, I'm not related to him. I don't understand him. I'm not connected. I don't get what's going on. Um, so we have to really kind of understand, what do we mean when we call God? What do we mean when we're saying uh, Hashem? What, what, what's really happening? Because if I, if I stay in a, in, in a terminology that is very uh, 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 childish, um, where's, what's going to happen, right? So if I give an example, if you, know, if you base your diet on, on, your knowledge, on, 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 on your knowledge of food as a kid, what would you eat all day? You'd eat, you'd eat junk food, right? And if you spend your money based on your knowledge of, of money as a kid, you know you you you'd, you'd buy you'd buy toys, right? And if you if you if you if you base your, your Judaism based on your knowledge of Judaism as a kid, uh, you wouldn't be religious, right? So your knowledge of Judaism as a kid. Um, was maybe good for when you were a kid. And the same way you advance in your understanding of what you should be eating, and you advance in your understanding of how to spend money, and you advance in your understanding of how to um, 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 spend your time wisely, your knowledge of God, your Judaism, also has to advance um, and, and grow with you and not stay um, in a childish mindset because then you just are, are not interested, right? Um, so... The Midrash and Bereshit's Rabbi says something very interesting. This is our, our first source. Um, it says like this. Amarav Yudin Gadol Kohan Shalnevi'in Shemedamin Tzura Leyotra. Right? So the English would say, Great is the power of the prophets who compare that, it, that which is created to its creator. Right? So the prophet's job is to give us an analogy to something. So now we're going to take the creator and, um, and, and, and make him look like the creation. What does it mean? Shneemar ve'eshma'at kol adam ben ulai. Amar Rabbi Simon, eit lan kriya achrin demechavin yoter mindein. He says, ah, you hear the voice of God, right? What does it mean to hear the voice of God? How can you hear the voice of God? Does God have a voice? Right? God does not have a voice. And, and, and review the Bar Simon says, I have a better one. Yechezkel says, ve'aldmut ha'kiseh, demut kemarei adam alav minlamala. Right? So after you told me that you heard the voice of man, I have said I have a better one. I, I, I can, I can, I can, uh, I, I, you tell me that there's, that prophets are, are, are using uh, human terminology um, in order to, to explain something. I have a better one. Yechezkel says that he saw the image of man sitting on God's throne. God is not a man. Yeah. But don't we know that God does have a voice when he spoke to everybody at Harsina? Everybody heard God. Everybody also heard God's voice, but God didn't have a voice. So what does it mean? Right? That's oh, the question. Because there's something that we can't conceptualize. Oh. We need something so, in order to... So Yechezkel sees, sees man on a throne. How does Yechezkel see man on a throne? God's not a man. Right? What does it mean when the Jewish people heard God's voice? Right? For sure the Jewish people heard God. But did they hear his voice? Or that's what we thought it was because that's how we can conceptualize what happened, that experience. Right? So that is a great question. And this Midrash is very interesting. But let's see Reb Tzadok um, 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 on it, right? Just let's have a, 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 a through and through reading of uh, the English. Benji, do you want to read us the, the English? Mm-hmm. Okay, just let's have a through and through reading because I did it in parts. Just read it through? Okay. Yeah. Rabbi Juden said, 
Great is the power of the prophets who compare that which is created to its creator as it is written. And I heard the voice of a man between the banks of the Ulai, etc. Um, Rabbi Judin, uh, Judin Rav Simon said. Rabbi Simon said, we have other verses which display this more clearly than this one. And upon the likeness of the throne was a likeness as the appearance of a man upon it above. Right? So, so the Midrash says, the prophets, look how powerful they are. Their job is to what? Compare that which is created to its creator. Right? So if I look at a Van Gogh and I say, wow, this is a beautiful Van Gogh. It's not Van Gogh. He's the guy who creates. Now, I can learn a lot about his personality, right? I, you come to my uh, clinic. I tell you, draw a tree. And I say, oh, David, I see that, you know, you're, it's very hard for you to sleep on your left side. Like, whoa, it's great. Right? Uh, your picture has nothing to do with you. Can it tell about you? Yes, but it's not, your, yeah, it's not you. And the prophets are taking the, 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 the creation and making it look like the creator. So our best analogy, right, is that. So now let's see. Because he's going to explain this a lot more. And this is Takanata Shavin, which is Reb book on repentance. And he says like this. Quoting the Midrash that we just saw in, in, in Source 1. All the understanding of the prophets, all the, the understanding of the prophets are not like um, 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 God himself. Because God has no understanding. God has no conceptualization. God has no imagery. But rather, God wanted us to be able to understand Him in a way that we can relate to Him. So we understand, see God in a way that is related to us. And what does that mean? Right? So man cannot understand God beyond what is man. Right? Um, so I'm a man, and therefore I conceptualize God as a man. I'm sure um, bunny rabbits see God as a bunny rabbit. And so do the angels see God as an angel. Right? God is beyond anything. But in order for you to be able to understand him, he wants you to understand him in a way that makes sense to you. Right? So, you know... Um, uh, but really, God has no image. God has no perception. So yes, so when we're children, or we talk about God as our Father in Heaven. Because for, for a child, the thing that is most relatable is a father, right? Now this is a, a famous question, right? Is God a boy or a girl? He's for sure a boy. He has no gender. Right. So for, if you're a boy, you would say he's for sure a boy. A girl would say he's for sure a, gir- a girl. And what's the answer? Nothing. He's... He's, oh. n- he's neither, but for a male, the easiest way to relate to him is as a male. And for a female, the easiest way to relate to him is as a female. And that's exactly why, how we see him, right? Right? God is neither masculine or feminine. Everybody today in the modern world wants to, you know, start calling him it or, or she on purpose because, you know, because we're very gender uh, um, um, sensitive. But the idea is, is that God is neither a male or female. But if he's a male, you're going to see him as a male. And if he's a, you're a female, you're going to see him as a female. And if you're a bunny rabbit, you're going to see him as a bunny rabbit. And if you're a dog, you're going to see him as a dog, right? There's that famous two, picture. Two females actually say him as a female. No, of course. I mean... The Torah is written from a masculine point of view because the Torah was written by men. But for sure, a woman should conceptualize God as a female or else she's going to feel God is not relatable to her. 
right? Now, now, now to reduce God to masculine and feminine is, is also stupid, which is what we're going to talk about. God is neither. God is not masculine or feminine. He's all and nothing at the same time. But of course, if a woman feels that God is like overbearing, controlling man who's trying to like control her, of course she's not going to feel related to God. That's exactly what we're doing, right? Now, we can't, we can't, we can't, we can't uh, um, um, mistaken the concept for the idea, right? And therefore, even when Yechezkel says, I saw a man sitting on a throne. Is God a man? Of course not. I heard God's voice speaking to me. Does God have a voice? No. But for me, in order to be able to relate to him, I need something relatable. And that's why God wants me to conceptualize him as something relatable. Now, the problem starts when the, when the idea that helps me connect becomes the goal, right? So if I, as a kid, think that, you know, the coolest, the, the thing that I most feel close to, the thing I most respect is my father, so to call God your father in heaven, is really profound. But then you grow up. And you get to an age where you don't want your dad hanging around. And when you go play ball, you don't want your dad coming and playing ball with you. And therefore, this father figure in heaven is not related. Right? So we have a king, which is maybe something that a teenager um, has some respect to, some, some, th- some authority. But you also grow out of that. And also you have to adapt because, you know, when you're a father all of a sudden, you understand the concept of a father in heaven in ways that you could never understand as a kid. Because you understand what it means to get up for your kids in the middle of the night. Do you understand what it means that God drops everything and does what's important for you and listens to you, right? So those things grow in a depth. But Tzadok is telling us, we have to understand. The prophets, their job is to relate it to us in a way that we can relate, right? So if King David, who was a shepherd, says, God is my shepherd. Is God really a shepherd? God is not really a shepherd, Right? What is God? God is everything. But for King David, who was a shepherd, the most conceptualized way of understanding King David is by calling him a shepherd. Does that mean he's not a shepherd? No, he's just not only a shepherd. And if you get, if you get uh, uh, hooked on the idea, then you miss the whole story. So Rav Tzadik is saying like this. I'm in the middle line, halfway through. Rather, God lets us conceptualize him from our understanding and downwards. Right? So I have to understand there is a God. If I tell you there is a being out there that, that did, that, that, that just there's a being out there. I don't say anything. How are you going to understand that? I understand it. I say he's a creator. Okay, I understand creation. I've made pasta in my life. I created pasta. Okay, once you understand that you didn't really create pasta, you bought ready-made pasta and you just heated it up, right? And you make pasta from scratch one day, you have a better definition of creation. Then when you have a child, you have a better definition of creation. But if I don't give you anything tangible to hold on to, it's very hard for us to connect to this like mystical being, right? Now, there are other religions out there that would never use any analogy, would never say anything about God. Right? But it's much harder. Then you need to meditate for hours to try to conceptualize something that you're not giving any tangible grasp. So our job is to understand that there's a God. And we're going to use terminology that works for us. When does the problem start? We forget that it's just terminology. Exactly. When we forget it's just terminology. 
and we start seeing God as that thing. And that's why, and, I, and I, I, I'm sorry to say this, but I had this conversation with people here who really don't connect to God because God is a male. I'm really, God is not a male. Right? God is also not a father in a way that, right? These are all terms for us to connect to God in a way. And that's the prophets, that the, the prophets were doing. They were giving us analogies saying, I heard God's voice. God does not have a voice, right? And when Moshe says, the greatest prophet to God, I want to see you, what does God say? You can't see me, right? You can't see me. That's not, that's not how life works. I don't have an image for you to see, right? You can see it through your own perception, right? That's why what, what, when, when Moshe does see God, what does he see? Tefillin. Right? That's Moshe's perception of the greatest form of connection, of bondage, of relationship, is this tefillin that I put on to show my, my devotion. Right? But if it was somebody else, you would see somebody else. Right? So not by chance, going back to Jordan's um, um, uh, interjection, the Zohar says that when the Jewish people heard the Ten Commandments, you know what they heard? themselves their inner selves speaking I didn't hear God's voice anybody who thinks that there's a God voice like Morgan Friedman or something that's not life you when you hear God you're going to hear it through your own voice you're going to hear yourself is that why they all fainted or died so the whole idea of why they fainted or died is because they realized that their connection to God cannot be through this body cannot hear God through my ears, see God through my eyes. So they died. What does it mean died? They left their body or to experience God outside, right? On, on a different note altogether, um, in, 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 in Shira Shirim, one of the ways King Solomon explains our relationship with God, he says, God kissed me. What does it mean that God kisses you? Right? So not that any of you ever experienced this, but if you've ever seen a Chas V'Shalom, a Hollywood movie before you were bar mitzvah, <laughs> you might have seen a guy kiss a girl. Right? And when a guy kisses a girl, you know what happens on a, on a, automatically? Your eyes shut. Why do your eyes close when, you, when somebody kisses somebody? Right? And the idea is that that person right now is in your blind spot. He's too close that if you open up your eyes, you won't see them. All you'll see is a blur. So what you do is you close that sense off and you experience that person in other senses, through hearing, through, right? And that's what Shlomo Melech says. You know what? God kissed me. You know what happens? If I really want to experience God, you know what I have to do? Close my eyes. Because God is in my dead spot. God is in my, in, 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 I'm not going to see him. All I'm going to see is a blur, right? Shlomo Melech, the wisest man, understands that you cannot see God with your eyes. You have to close your eyes. But take that analogy further. You have to close your ears, right? You have to close your nose, right? So, you see, God only appears to us in a way that we re- got, we're, we're using terminology to make God relatable. We can't get lost in the terminology or mistake the terminology for the real thing, right? Um, i give you an example is that uh, I give you a menu and the menu says double whopper. And you start eating the menu. And I say, why are you eating the menu? I say, what do you mean? You gave me the double whopper. I say, no, that's the menu to give you an idea of what to order. If you eat the menu, that would be crazy, right? 
and in our life that we live today, in today's world, that's what people are doing. They're eating up the conceptualized form of God, tastes really bad, and they're uninterested. Our job is to understand that these terms are only a menu. God doesn't need you to praise him. God doesn't need you to beg for him, right? And a lot of people say, why would I want to be in a relationship with a God who is just taking away everything that I enjoy in life? Now, if that is your perception of God, then that's where we should start. Understanding that God is not taking away anything, right? And you say, wait, what do you mean? He said, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, don't do that. Great, so let's have a conversation about what that means that God told you, right? Right? Or, or, or what does it mean that he's taking away these things? But if that's your an association of God, this overbearing uh, uh, control freak, then of course you're not going to be interested in God. Why would you? And so many people who are not interested in God, if you really have a conversation with them, they'll tell you that that is the reason they're not interested in God because God is just so unrelatable. Right? If you remember, we were talking uh, in Rav Kook that wh- why are most people today not, not religious? Because God is just doesn't suffice. They're, they're more ethical than God. They're, 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 more, they're more globalist than God. They're more caring. They love everybody. God loves only his people. They're better because their concept, perception of God is uh, one dimension. Any interjections before we go on to the next one? Okay. So, source number three. Continuing with uh, Reb Tzadok on a diff- in a different book, Rasisei Laila's ideas regarding um, um, the holidays, and and uh, and he says like this: And the same concept that we just spoke about—that we give the Creator the association with the creation, right? That our only way to really relate to the Creator is through His creation, and therefore we're relating Him as as. Right? God created the concept of father. He created the concept called king. God created the concept called creator. And I am giving him these analogies. But I, right? Why do I? God's, our understanding of God is only as much as he's revealed to us. Right? Meaning there are, just for the sake of, of, of understanding this for a second, there are facets of God that we cannot understand because we don't have the ability to tap into that. There are ways to conceptualize God, to understand God, that is probably beyond man's power or beyond this limited world's power. Because all I can really understand God is through my understanding of... my, my understanding. My understanding is only as limited or as unlimited as this world. Right? So... If I took my iPhone and traveled back in time, people would not understand it all. It would take me hours and months and, and be like, you know, like when I, Nava says to me, she goes, can I watch that? It's on your phone. I said, no, it's not on my phone. It's, it's on the internet. What do you mean it's on the internet? The internet, and then I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this. The internet is like, um, there's mail that comes to our door, but it comes from the post office where they have all the mail and then we have to get the mail and I'm like, okay, this is just going to be too, right? Try to explaining an iPhone. I mean, heck, 
we all try to explain our iPhone to our grandmother. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not even talking about 500 years, 500 years ago. And my grandmother calls me and goes, the browser's gone. Wait, what do you mean? You mean the icon's gone? Yes, it's not on my desktop. Okay, press, press the start, right? Scroll up. You see where it says Internet Explorer? Press that. Oh my, how did you do that, right? Like, try to explain. These, these ideas are only as strong as, 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 as our understanding of them, right? And when we live in a world... Shabbos. You're joining us? No, I gotta go. All right. See ya. See ya. Um, so, when I... Our, our understanding of, 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 of electronics, our understanding of, of, of the world today is only as advanced as we understand things, right? And therefore, our understanding of God is only going to be as advanced as before. And, yeah? So just to, like, play devil's advocate in terms of, we say there are parts of God we can't understand. Right. Maybe someone who's less believing would say, there, we understand he's not all good, and, like, there's parts of God that's bad, you just don't like that, and, like... You're saying you don't understand it, it's too above us, but I'm saying, no, like, God's just not, he's just not good sometimes. Like, sometimes he kills people, sometimes it's this. So, like, is the response just like, well, it's just faith. Like, we believe that's just, like, a pillar of Judaism, that, like, God's all good. Like, some people would say, like, we do believe. Like, wait, I understand God. God's just not good all the time. Like, sometimes he kills you and, like, kills people. Right. So, I, w- I mean, that is a valid argument. What I would say, I- I- only in an argument, as I would ask that person if he understands how a Tesla works. Right, but so so could like maybe I don't. But like, right, right, right. But 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 how many people in the world understand that, right? And then there are certain so many things that we understand that we don't even we're not even on the grasp of understanding, right? Based on today's astronomy and our understanding of space, we believe we know like one millionth of the information that is that we can gather around space, right? So there's so much in the world that we are willing to admit that we don't that we have only a glimpse of, and then when we're talking about God. We feel like, oh my God, like we've got it. We understand him, right? So again, if a person, and, 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 a good, and it could be, you know what, that that person's right. She understands God to be bad. And the question would be, what is bad? But, right? So counter that, I'm altering my entire life for this, for this thing. I wouldn't go, like a lot of people wouldn't be like, I wouldn't go out into the outer parts of space that we know nothing about because <clears throat> that's a risk. I'll go to like parts of space we do know about. I'll go to the moon. Like we know enough about that, but like, Someone's saying you're changing your entire life and doing things completely differently and doing things you enjoy for something you know one percent about. And I'm like, so I, I definitely hear that. I, I definitely hear that argument. I think I think especially in Judaism and there are other religions have different concepts, but in Judaism, we're the 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 the, 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 the conversation should start where I, where I feel that I'm searching for something. If a person's not searching for anything deep or anything yeah, yeah. anything beyond, then then okay, then then I understand. And that person is, is in a different place and you know, he says, "Yeah, I don't understand anything about Tesla and I'm not I don't care. I don't understand anything about uh, about finance and I don't care. I don't I don't I don't care. If you don't care that you don't understand, that's fine. Maybe that's not maybe that's not where that conversation should happen. But if a person is already searching for, for, for more, and I think in today's world, we're constantly searching for more. Now, are we searching for more information so we can replace God, right? And that's why we, that's what Cook said. Most people, right, their understanding of God is that I, I understand God. God just kills people for no reason, right? And then my conversation would be, how, what does that mean, right? What, how do we understand this concept of God killing for no reason? What, is, what does it mean to you when you say for no reason, right? Because... Because you obviously already have a, a statement where you're saying, God just kills for no reason. And therefore, maybe the conversation needs to be in, how do you understand that concept? 
right? So um, if a person says to me, you know, and, and you know what, there are, there are certain things that there, there, there aren't any answers for. And, and I think we're, we're okay with that on a certain level, that there are certain things that we, we can't explain. And there, that's where belief comes in. Right, but if my if my if my only understanding of God, if I if I really think that God can fit into my brain, then that's that's a different conversation, right? I mean, that's a whole different conversation. You're talking about a person who just who just under thinks he really thinks he can he can he can conceptualize God, but he's okay with the fact that he can't conceptualize other things, right? But I think I think our conversation would start with a person who realizes there are certain things I can't conceptualize, right? But I think. Uh, as humanity um, evolves, that statement of people dying for no reason changed tremendously, right? From, you know, um, just people died because of hunger and starvation. And today when we say people die for no reason, it, there are obviously cause and effects that we understand and people making choices that are going to affect your life. I mean, when the first time in, human, in humanity, people are dying because of their own self and not because of an external force, right? They're either not eating right, being reckless, doing things that are wrong, and they're going to be their, the reason that they're dying. Right? But I think in the conversation is can we, can we, underst- can we first understand that our, own per- our only perception of God is what we decided it to be. Right? So Britain says God kills for no reason. First of all, how, why, did you, why are you coming from a, a standpoint where God needs a reason? Right? And if you're saying, well, I would assume God you know, uh, um, um, would be good and the fact that he's killing for no reason makes me not want to relate to him. So that's already a conceptualized understanding where you, you feel that God, God should make sense to you, right? And if that's a relationship you want with God, that's fine. But how do you, how do you relate in life to things that don't make sense? Right, because if you don't do that, then, you're just, then it's just faith, which is like fine. I mean, if you're not like conceptualizing like the way you can like envision it, then just and it doesn't come like real or rational to you, then it's just based on faith, which is fine. Like people could have faith in a lot of things. Then it's, that's like what makes it more than just a leap of faith. Right. Is that like, I am relating to this right. so, being in a certain right. way. So, so something we touched upon before you came in was, was this idea of like, if I based my diet of my knowledge of food when I was a kid, I'd be eating junk all day. And if I would spend my money based on my understanding of what money is as a kid, I would spend my money on, on stupid things, on gadgets all day. And if I based my, reli- my, under- my, my religion based on my understanding of God when I was a kid, I wouldn't believe in God, Right. And therefore, the idea is, is that the same way my knowledge of money adapts, my knowledge of food adapts, my knowledge of God has to adapt also. Mm-hmm. So if I think that, you know, good people are people who never do bad. As a kid, that's probably what you think, right? But if you know that a doctor has to cut off a limb in order to save a body, then you're, you're a little a bit more advanced and you understand things better. And therefore, you can understand the same, you're, you're, that, that should also affect your understanding of a religion and a God. And that God sometimes has to inflict pain in order to save something greater right but if your knowledge as a kid is like oh my god this guy he's so bad he cut my dad you're like no that guy saved my life literally i had surgery he literally saved my life right but a kid can't understand that right my daughters they see my thing why did the doctor do this to you and that's why i know i tell my kids we got to go to the doctor what do they think he's gonna cut us right like uh, our my job as a parent is explain to them that a doctor is not a bad person and Abba had an accident and the doctor really helped me. Now I could pick you up. I couldn't have picked you up before the doctor helped me. So why did he cut you to do that? Well, that's not his fault. That's my fault for falling off a bike. You know, he, he didn't throw me off the bike. The same way my knowledge of doctors and medicine and food and money adapts, my knowledge of God needs to adapt. So somebody telling you, God just kills for no reason. Doctors, they're, you know, and people say this all the time. 
doctor, it's all, it's, it's, all, it's all a plot to get your money. You were never really sick. A doctor, he just makes up symptoms. Okay, so if somebody says that to me and says, doctors are all fake, I'll be like, okay, thank you. Like, I'll have that conversation with you later. Let's have this conversation later. Peru says to me, God is out there just to kill everybody. Let's have that, con- let's start, let's leave God out of this story for a second. Let's start conceptualizing other things, right? So let's, 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 let's continue this, um, this source. We all have a, a, a point in our heart where we can understand God. In our heart. That's understanding God. I can't conceptualize. Right? Why I love my wife, I can't explain to you. What I love about my wife, I can explain to you. I can conceptualize. She makes good food. Right? She's a very nice person. But the core to why I love her, that is something I can't explain, right? That is something in my heart that I can only understand in me, right? Now, if I only think, if I get lost in the fact that the only reason I love my wife is because she makes good food, then when she stops making good food, I'm in trouble, right? But Rabsadik is saying, see, there is a point where it's really raw. But that raw connection to God is something that you cannot explain to other people. You can't even explain it to yourself. And therefore, it gets tricky. Now, what you can explain to others, what can you can explain to yourself, that is only conceptualization. So, the goal of our creation is for us to understand there is a God. What do we do with that understanding? This is the question. We're in the bold part. Once that understanding is an understanding in a man's brain, it's going to be based on man's understanding. If, it's that, if, if a man understands God very differently than the way water understands God. Water understands God as water, right? Because God is the source of all water. God created water. And therefore, water understands God as water. And therefore, a tree would understand God as a tree, Right? And it's brought down into Hillen, right? All the trees praise God. And they say, wow, you know, the, the, the God of trees. What do you mean God of trees? The God of the creation, right? But a tree can only conceptualize God as, a, as, the, as, the, as the creator of trees, right? So once, once we're trying to understand God, we're only going to ever understand God within the framework of our understanding as man. I'll give you an example. We're sitting here around a table. Are we sitting here around a table? Because on an atomic level, there is no table and there are no us. There are just many, many atoms in this room. On a subatomic level, there aren't even atoms. There's not even a room. There's just particles floating around. There's nothing here. So when I say, you know, the five of us are sitting around the table, that is only from the perception of here. But if I bring a microscopic lens, there aren't five of us and there's not a table. And if, I, if, I, if I'm talking on a quantum level, are we even here? Maybe we're not here. Are we even alive? Maybe we're only half alive. Maybe we're also dead at the same time. So when I'm relating the fact that we're sitting here right now, that's based on my perception, right? But I feel like, the, I mean, I, like I have a problem with this statement. The only way we perceive anything is based off our own perception. Right. Like the only way we learn anything is based off understanding it through our own mind. 100%. And then coming to terms with it and then we understand it so what's the what's the point of him even like saying, so that, saying that the only way we can understand God 
is through our understanding. And therefore, God will, be, God's, uh, God will be limited to our understanding and will fit him into boxes that make sense to us. So the same way, the, the, the closest thing I can explain to my daughters about God is that God is our father, our, our holistic father, right? But if they stay with that understanding when they're 40, they're, of course they're not going to be interested in God when they're 12, right? If I say God is a king who punishes those who are bad, you know, that might work on days of awe. It might work on, you know, on a teenager or, I don't know, a middle school kid. But once you're a teenager and you want your autonomy, you're, you're not only are you not interested in a God that it just punishes, you want to stick it to him because he's taking away your, your independence. Right? Okay. So I understand God based on how I understand concepts. There's a concept of a king. So I can say God is a king. But if I get lost in the fact that God is a king, then that's the only relationship I have with him. Who wants a relationship with a God who's a king and all he does is punish you? Can you have multiple relationships with the same God? Yes. The same way your understanding of your parents evolve as you get older, your understanding of God should evolve as you evolve in your information. What about at the same time? At the same, for sure. God can be your king and your father, and, 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 and it could be also somewhere in heaven. He could also be inside of me. God is here. God is there. God is truly everywhere, right? But once I get lost in that, in that one conception, I lost it, okay. right? Then I'm not interested, okay. right? So when, my, when I become a parent, does my parents, do my, my relationship with my parents change? Are they not my parents anymore? They're my parents, but my relationship of how I relate to them changes because I'm like, oh my God, they did this for me? That's crazy, right? When my daughter drives me crazy, I'm like, oh my God, payback, right? Like this is payback for what I did to my parents. And then I'm like so thankful to my parents. But they didn't change. My understanding of parenthood changed and evolved and grew. And therefore my understanding, my relationship with them evolves and grows. So Reb Tzadik says the following. Um, this is the depth of what Chachamim said. Shocher tov, right? In Mizmor Aleph Pasuk Aleph. Medimyon tzura liyotzra v'netia lenatua v'lo amru behefech. Right? Our imagination of creation is based on, as, as of the creator. Our, our, our imagination of, of a planting is like the planter. Right? We understand God based on how we understand the concepts. And therefore, our only ability to understand God is based on our ability to understand His creation. Right? And therefore, I say, God created the world. Did God create the world? Yeah. He, yeah. he created the world. Is that all he did? Is that all he is? Right? But in my, for my reality, from where I gather my data, that's how I see him. Well, he's got many labels, right? Right. At all times. Right. Because, and, 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 that's, and that's why I think in be- it's beautiful. In, in other religions, God is just God. In Judaism, God is Yud Kevavke. He's Avaya. He's Elohim. He's Adnut. He's, right? What do I, but what do I mean when I say Adonai? Adonai means my master. What do I mean? 
So if I think, you know, about uh, I'm l- l- learning in history, and I'm learning about how, you know, uh, 200 years ago, uh, people in the South were masters over slaves. That's a very dark picture. The next time I say the word master, that's going to be my imagery. Right? How do I understand that? I'm the dog's master. Is, am I God's dog? Right? So if I get caught up on the, on the picture, on the name, on the label, right? If I eat the menu instead of eating the food, of course I'm going to be not interested. If I say to you, you know, I say, water. You say, what's water? I never, never met water. You say, oh, on a, on a, on a hot day. You're, you're going to drink water. You're going to understand what water is. Right? And then, you know, you're like, I give you a cup of water when it's hot. And you drink it. And you're like, oh my God, water. This is crazy. And I say, I have a one better. On a hotter day, we're going to go into water. You're like, what? We're going to fit in the cup? No, no, no. The bigger cup, we're going to jump in. Right? And on a very hot day, we go to the pool, we jump in the water. You have a whole different experience of water right now. And then one day I tell you, I'm going to pour this water on, the, on this tree. You say, wait, what? Why? You say, the water is going to drink it like you drink it, and there's going to be fruit. Right? If I'm just talking about water, and you never experienced it. The name, the, the utterance, water, can only be as strong as the experience. If you didn't experience water, that's not going to be a strong word. If you didn't drink water, that's not going to be a strong word. If you never jumped into water, that's not going to be a strong word. And therefore, if I say God, and you've never experienced God... That water is not going to help. That word's not going to help. If I say, God, never met God, never saw God, that experience means nothing. Right? And that's why in life, we have to be able to understand that that word is only going to be as strong as the experience. But if you think that that word is it, if you think that water is, that's, that's all there is to water, you're not going to be, situ- you're not going to be, you're not going to be satisfied. So, Let's see this piece in, 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 in Reb Nachman, even though this is more to talk about. But Reb Nachman is talking about different facets of Torah. Okay? We're going to, don't worry, we're not going to go much longer. He says, gives an, an, an analogy. When you write the word man. You know that this is what? Hinting to man. It's only a hint. There's no picture of a man. There's only a, the word, M-A-N, right? Man. And then there's a drawing of a man. This is more of a man than just writing the word man. It's giving more detail. It's enabling you to connect more to this concept of man. And then there's a 3D sculpture, wooden man. That's a lot more man than the picture on the paper. But that still is not man. But on that wooden 3D image, there's a lot more details about man than there was on the two-dimension picture on the paper. Really, only the man himself is man. So Reb Nachman is giving us this idea, right? If I write the word man, if I draw the drawing man, if I um, um, a sculpt a man, those are all better versions of man. But that's not man. Only man himself is man. Right? 
So when I say Yudke Vavke, that is a name that's helping me conceptualize the thing itself. But it's not. If I draw a man, right? If I'm giving you an, a, 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 a drawing in your mind of what God, God's sitting on a throne, God spoke to me, God's hand is a giving hand, right? God has his throne. Those are all just a picture. They're still not man. They're more man than just the writing man. Right? So the Torah is poetic. The Torah is telling you, God took us out of Egypt in his hand and he split the sea for us with his, with his greatness. Those are all just poetry in order to help you understand. Okay? So if I tell you, you know, I, I'm sweating like a dog. Am I sweating like a dog? I am not sweating like a dog. I'm not a dog. I'm giving you an idea for you to relate to what I'm going through. But if you say, I don't want to get close to you. I don't like dogs. I'm allergic to dogs. I'm like, no, I'm not actually a dog. I'm just sweating like a dog. You're not allergic to sweating like a dog. You see, this is where we get lost. And this is something that we really have to work on. Because when we try to be, make God relatable, we give him labels and we give him tag names and we give him words. But those words are only powerful if they're standing behind something. If they're standing behind something bad, then nobody's interested. If your association with water is this swamp, because that's where you grew up, behind this swamp. It was smelly and disgusting. And I say to you, come to my, come, to, come, we're going to the, we're going to, we're going to swim in water. You say, oh, I don't want that. Right? If I tell you, God is our father in heaven and you had a father who beat you, why would you ever want to have a relationship with a father like that? You don't know what a father is like. So as we're understanding that we have to re- revamp our understanding of God, we have to really come to a place where we can give a better definition to the name because it's only going to be as strong as that. And if people are, are having bad associations with these names, then they're missing. Then we're not gonna, they're not going to want it. And if people think that that's what it is, God is just a father in heaven, God is just a king on a throne, God just wants me to put on tefillin so I show that I'm, that I'm grateful, God just wants me to pray to him, so... so if you have those, that's what, that's what, that's, that's all God is to you, then, then you're losing it. And of course, you're not going to be interested. And yes, the picture has a lot more details and a lot more easy to be connected to the, than just the word man. And the, the, the 3D image, the sculpture is going to be a lot easier for me to understand what man is. But it's still, till I meet man, I will not understand what man is. I tell you all day and show you pictures all day of, of, of the Far East. It's not until you're there that you really understand what it's all about. You could grow up in a, ham, in a family that everybody went to the military, everybody did the army. Until you're there, you're not going to get it. So when we're talking about God, we have to really remember that these are all concepts to help us relate. And we can't get lost in the poetry and then forget that there's so much more beyond that I need to connect to. To be continued, I hope. I don't have another one. You're saying you're saying you can't experience like just based on that, you can't experience something like the military until you've been there. So you're saying you can't experience and know what God is till you've experienced God. But it's circular in terms of like, well then what's God like what am I experiencing? It's just a circular thing I'm Well no, so first of all, my understanding of the military, I'm experiencing a part of the military. But I'm not experiencing it truly, right? I mean, meaning the Torah is the word of God. 
But it's not actually the word of God, right? The word of God is actually the word of God. This is this is the Torah that's helping me relate to the word of God, connect to the word of God. It's not the word of God himself, right? It's it's the it's the it's 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 the name man on the paper, right? Or Torah Shabbat could be the picture of God, right? But yes, I need to experience God. But if if if, if I think but if that God is, then how would I experience it? No. So, so the idea is is that I can't ever experience the military if I think I know what the military is. I can go to the military, be in the military, and not experience the military because I think I know what the military is. That's a set thing. I know exactly what I have to do to experience the military. Like, I go sign up and you, enter it. Your ability to experience God is, is 24-7. The only thing that's stopping you from experiencing God is that you're eating the menu instead of eating the food. But then, it's, then I'm just experiencing my perceptions again, which is circular to like what, how I initially perceived the name. There's the perception behind the name I give God. So if I'm just... If what my right. feeling of God should be right. is just back there's, towards my There's always going to be more, there's going to be endless ability to 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 experience God more and more and more, right? So you can experience God as the word God on the piece of paper, right? You've experienced God. You were a kid, they showed you God said let there be like that's God. And you're like, "Whoa! Crazy." Right? There's always there's infinite ability to experience God more and more and more and more and more and more and more, right? In the same way that there's a, a menu that says uh, a burger. Yeah. That's an experience. Then I can eat a burger. Now, I could eat a McDonald's burger. That's, that's an experience of a burger. But that's an experience of a burger. Right? Then you go to, I don't know, let's say Char Bar. Okay? Not that they're... Right? Then I'm, I'm experienced burger on a whole different level. That's still a experience. Mm-hmm. It's only when I think that I've experienced all there is to a burger. And somebody says to me, yo, you coming to come, in, come in my house? We're going to have some burgers? And you're like, I, I ate a burger. I, I'm not, I don't like burgers. What is he going to say to you? You haven't had my burgers. I'm telling you, you eat my burgers? It's a whole different story. Right? It's only if you can understand that that experience was what I was able to experience at that moment that I can grow. Right? So my, my, the truth is, is that it is a circle. But it's not a, a, a circle. It's a spiral. Because every time I'm experiencing God on a, on a greater level, because I'm understanding that what I experienced God till now is what it was, was what I could experience in this place, right? I only lost my experience. Right, I'll give you an example. Um, what, let's say a person, it, he doesn't want to marry this girl. He, he's marrying this girl, but he doesn't need to meet her, right? I literally know a guy. Okay, I, I, I want to say he's my friend, but he's, I, no one is, I know a guy who literally met his wife for the first time at the wedding. At the wedding. They, they dated online forever. She was living in Venezuela. He was living in Canada. They didn't go meet each other. She didn't have the papers. He didn't have the papers. They literally met at the wedding. That's crazy. That's crazy. It's really crazy. Okay? So if a guy says, I'm going to marry this girl, the picture's enough, right? I don't have to, I don't have to go out on a date with you, right? I, I have your picture, and I'm going to go out to coffee, and I put the picture next to me, and I'm having coffee with my, with my wife. That's crazy. It's crazy. Yes, is the picture a picture of her? Yes. But it's, it's only when I think that she is the picture that I'm getting lost. I, I'll, I'll try to, I'll try to, I, I think I know what you're, what you're what asking. What I'm saying is that like, either, at the end of the day, like, the, like, things were made because like, that is just how we like, we think because we need like something to like, think. Right. like that's like why the, the language of like feel is the way it is and like why we shouldn't right. add, like isn't that like a Gemara and Miguel? Like you shouldn't add things because like, then you can keep on going. Like, we need to limit ourselves because right. like, it's impossible to no limit. it. There's right. no limit. Right. And like, 
I'm not, the thing is, like, all right, we experience God. Like, let's say everyone else is, like, a birth of a child. Like, you feel God. Like, it's right. the most, like, God. Okay. But then it's just circling back. It's like, well, what does that mean? You felt it. Oh, I just felt it. Like, what does that mean? Like, you felt in the sense of, like, you were part of, like, everything. That's just the way that, like, I feel like minds operate. Like, everything has to be associated with something that, like, is more or less tangible. Because if not, I'm just saying, uh, I don't know. It just becomes, like, a fleeting, I felt God. And then, like, on to the next moment. And then is that, then that's just me ex- that's just me feeling some sort of emotion in a moment as opposed to like, I don't know. So I think there, there's twofold. There's the emotion and that emotion is the experience that is, is for you. And, 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 that, and on that level, what Ripsaldic was saying, you don't feel the need to explain it. You don't feel the need to conceptualize it. You don't want to conceptualize it. Someone says to you, what'd you feel on your wedding night? I'm happy that it's not conceptualized because I know that conceptualizing is putting it in a box. Once I put it in a box, I limit it. I don't want it put in a box. Then there are certain parts where I try to conceptualize it, right? In order for me to A, share with others, but in order for me to be able to create a standard where I can then grow from there, right? So a kid understands God. The only problem starts when the, the kid grows and that understanding doesn't grow with him, right? right. And I think that's, that's where we have the problem. Right. So if I understand that, as a human being, I grow, my information grows, my understanding grows, I'm adapting, I'm learning, I'm constantly re-editing how I understand things, right? Um, I, I need to do that with, with, with God also because I have to understand that my understanding of God was only in the capacity that I could have understood it then, right? So when I'm a kid and I understand that God is a father in heaven, I understand it in one way. Right. I have to, when I grow up, re-understand it. Right. My thing is like, based on based on that, you kind of did that analogy of like, you can't explain the feeling of your wedding because you don't want to limit it to a box. But like, you'll never be able to feel that same simple you have at a wedding. So like, there's no point in putting it in a box. You can't revisit that box. It's just not the same thing. But with God, I don't want to have it be fast because like, I want to experience God every day. Like, then maybe like I have a different box, different parts of my life. Like someone who's in the army, their box of God is very different than someone who's learning 20 hours every day. Like you get a different box at different points in your life. But like to have God not be in a box, then like I can't revisit that. Just like you can't revisit the simcha of a wedding day. Like I, there's no box. I can't go, I can't tap it back into that, that feeling. And that's not an, ex- like I want to be able to reconnect with God in my box. It may change from whatever, maybe not day to day, but like different stages of your life. Of course it changes from when you're a kid to older. It's like what your occupation is like that the box should change, but like the concept of a box, like, Seems like that's how I can revisit something. I just go back into that box. Right. And that, but that's what we're saying. Okay. Fine. That so we we then, give yeah. God these names, right? Fine. But the only problem is that when, when that gut box doesn't it's change. Fine. Right? Fine. So, so, okay. um, 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 for, right. So, so again, like there's, 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 you're not, you won't be able to experience that there's a new box if you don't think there's a new box. Fine. Right? So going back okay. to the example, like okay. if I think that I totally understand the military, right. then I'll be in the military. I won't, I won't experience it. What, what I'm, only, I'm only trying to imprint my knowledge the on the reality, okay. right? So if I think that I know everything about marriage, then I'm going to have problems in marriage. It's only when I understand that I don't know anything about marriage right. that I can really grow with it. So really if, I think, right, if I think I know what good is and I know what God is and God is not good, that's when I have a problem. Okay. It's only when I understand that my understanding of good rapidly changes that I can really understand that my understanding of God also can rapidly change. Okay. Right, and then and then I grow with that with that information. And most people don't grow with that information. We think that when Yechezkel said God 
was sitting like on a throne, then really God was sitting on a throne. No, that was his understanding of it. I'm sure if you ask him today, he'll say, you know, oh, God wasn't sitting on a throne. God was floating on a, on, on, on a, you know, on a, I don't know, on, on a fire chariot. Right. So, you know, as we grow, as we, as we evolve, we understand things better so we can understand how things, you know, grow. Awesome. Okay.